0: Book Seven Chapter Eight Part One of the Wars of the Jews. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by David Leeson. The Wars of the Jews by Flavius Josephus. Translated by William Whiston. Book Seven Chapter Eight Part One concerning Masada and those Sicarii who kept it, and how Silva betook himself to form the siege of that citadel. Eleazar's speeches to the besieged. When Bassus was dead in Judea, Flavius Silva succeeded him as procurator there, who, when he saw that all the rest of the country was subdued in this war, and that there was but one only stronghold that was still in rebellion, he got all his army together that lay in different places and made an expedition against it this fortress was called masada it was one eleazar a potent man and the commander of these sicarii that had seized upon it he was a descendant from that judas who had persuaded abundance of the jews as we have formerly related not to submit to the taxation when cyrenius was sent into judea to make one for then it was that the sicarii got together against those that were willing to submit to the romans and treated them in all respects as if they had been their enemies both by plundering them of what they had by driving away their cattle and by setting fire to their houses For they said that they differed not at all from foreigners, by betraying, in so cowardly a manner, that freedom which Jews thought worthy to be contended for to the utmost, and by owning that they preferred slavery under the Romans before such a contention. Now this was in reality no better than a pretense and a cloak for the barbarity which was made use of by them, and to color over their own avarice which they afterwards made evident by their own actions. For those that were partners with them in their rebellion joined also with them in their war against the Romans, and went further lengths with them in their impudent undertakings against them. And when they were again convicted of dissembling in such their pretenses, they still more abused those that justly reproached them for their wickedness." and indeed that was a time most fertile in all manner of wicked practices insomuch that no kind of evil deeds were then left undone nor could any one so much as devise any bad thing that was new so deeply were they all infected and strove with one another in their single capacity and in their communities who should run the greatest lengths in impiety towards god and in unjust actions towards their neighbors the men of power oppressing the multitude and the multitude earnestly laboring to destroy the men of power the one part were desirous of tyrannizing over others and the rest of offering violence to others and of plundering such as were richer than themselves they were the Sicarii who first began these transgressions, and first became barbarous toward those allied to them, and left no words of reproach unsaid, and no works of perdition untried, in order to destroy those whom their contrivances affected. Yet did John demonstrate by his actions that these Sicarii were more moderate than he was himself, for he not only slew all such as gave him good counsel to do what was right, But treated them worst of all as the most bitter enemies that he had among all the citizens nay he filled his entire country with ten thousand instances of wickedness such as a man who was already hardened sufficiently in his impiety towards god would naturally do for the food was unlawful that was set upon his table and he rejected those purifications that the law of his country had ordained so that it was no longer a wonder if he who was so mad in his impiety towards god did not observe any rules of gentleness and common affection towards men again therefore what mischief was there which simon the son of gioras did not do or what kind of abuses did he abstain from as to those very free men who had set him up for a tyrant what friendship or kindred were there that did not make him more bold in his daily murders for they looked upon the doing of mischief to strangers only as a work beneath their courage, but thought their barbarity towards their nearest relations would be a glorious demonstration thereof. The Idumeans also strove with these men who should be guilty of the greatest madness, for they all, vile wretches as they were, cut the throats of the high priests, that so no part of a religious regard to God might be preserved, they thence proceeded to destroy utterly the least remains of a political government and introduced the most complete scene of iniquity in all instances that were practicable under which scene that sort of people that were called zealots grew up and who indeed corresponded to the name for they imitated every wicked work nor if their memory suggested any evil thing that had formerly been done did they avoid zealously to pursue the same and although they gave themselves that name from their zeal for what was good, yet did it agree to them only by way of irony, on account of those they had unjustly treated by their wild and brutish disposition, or as thinking the greatest mischiefs to be the greatest good? Accordingly they all met with such ends as God deservedly brought upon them in way of punishment." For all such miseries have been sent upon them as man's nature is capable of undergoing till the utmost period of their lives and till death came upon them in various ways of torment yet might one say justly that they suffered less than they had done because it was impossible they could be punished according to their deserving but to make a lamentation according to the deserts of those who fell under these men's barbarity this is not a proper place for it. I therefore now return again to the remaining part of the present narration. For now it was that the Roman general came, and led his army against Eleazar and those Sicarii who held the fortress Masada together with him, and for the whole country adjoining he presently gained it, and put garrisons into the most proper places of it. He also built a wall quite round the entire fortress, that none of the besieged might easily escape he also set his men to guard the several parts of it he also pitched his camp in such an agreeable place as he had chosen for the siege and at which place the rock belonging to the fortress did make the nearest approach to the neighbouring mountain which yet was a place of difficulty for getting plenty of provisions for it was not only food that was to be brought from a great distance to the army and this with a great deal of pain to those Jews who were appointed for that purpose, but water was also to be brought to the camp, because the place afforded no fountain that was near it. When therefore Silva had ordered these affairs beforehand, he fell to besieging the place, which siege was likely to stand in need of a great deal of skill and pains by reason of the strength of the fortress, the nature of which I will now describe." There was a rock, not small in circumference, and very high. It was encompassed with valleys of such vast depth downward that the eye could not reach their bottoms. They were abrupt, and such as no animal could walk upon, excepting at two places of the rock, where it subsides, in order to afford a passage for ascent, though not without difficulty." Now, of the ways that lead to it, one is that from the lake as Faltiris, towards the sun rising, and another on the west, where the ascent is easier. The one of these ways is called the serpent, as resembling that animal in its narrowness and its perpetual windings, for it is broken off at the prominent precipices of the rock, and returns frequently into itself, and lengthening again by little and little, hath much ado to proceed forward and he that would walk along it must first go on one leg and then on the other there is also nothing but destruction in case your feet slip for on each side there is a vastly deep chasm and precipice sufficient to quell the courage of every body by the terror it infuses into the mind when therefore a man hath gone along this way for thirty furlongs the rest is the top of the hill not ending at a small point but it is no other than a plain upon the highest part of the mountain upon this top of the hill jonathan the high priest first of all built a fortress and called it masada after which the rebuilding of this place employed the care of king herod to a great degree he also built a wall round about the entire top of the hill seven furlongs long it was composed of white stone its height was twelve and its breadth eight cubits There were also erected upon that wall thirty-eight towers each of them fifty cubits high out of which you might pass into lesser edifices which were built on the inside round the entire wall for the king reserved the top of the hill which was of a fat soil and better mould than any valley for agriculture that such as committed themselves to this fortress for their preservation might not even there be quite destitute of food in case they should ever be in want of it from abroad moreover he built a palace therein at the western ascent it was within and beneath the walls of the citadel but inclined to its north side now the wall of this palace was very high and strong and had at its four corners towers sixty cubits high the furniture also of the edifices and of the cloisters and of the baths was of great variety and very costly And these buildings were supported by pillars of single stones on every side the walls and also the floors of the edifices were paved with stones of several colours he also had cut many and great pits as reservoirs for water out of the rocks and at every one of the places that were inhabited both above and round about the palace and before the wall and by this contrivance he endeavoured to have water for several uses as if there had been fountains there here was also a road digged from the palace and leading to the very top of the mountain which yet could not be seen by such as were without the walls nor indeed could enemies easily make use of the plain roads for the road on the east side as we have already taken notice could not be walked upon by reason of its nature and for the western road he built a large tower at its narrowest place, at no less a distance from the top of the hill than a thousand cubits, which tower could not possibly be passed by, nor could it be easily taken, nor indeed could those that walked along it without any fear, such was its contrivance, easily get to the end of it. And after such a manner was this citadel fortified, both by nature and by the hands of men, in order to frustrate the attacks of enemies. As for the furniture that was within this fortress, it was still more wonderful on account of its splendour and long continuance, for here was laid up corn in large quantities, and such as would subsist men for a long time. Here was also wine and oil in abundance, with all kinds of pulse and dates heaped up together, all which eleazar found there when he and his sicarii got possession of the fortress by treachery these fruits were also fresh and full ripe and no way inferior to such fruits newly laid in although they were little short of a hundred years from the laying in these provisions by herod till the place was taken by the romans nay indeed when the romans got possession of those fruits that were left they found them not corrupted all that while nor should we be mistaken if we supposed that the air was here the cause of their enduring so long this fortress being so high and so free from the mixture of all terrain and muddy particles of matter there was also found here a large quantity of all sorts of weapons of war which had been treasured up by that king and were sufficient for ten thousand men there was cast iron and brass and tin which show that he had taken much pains to have all things here ready for the greatest occasions for the report goes how herod thus prepared this fortress on his own account as a refuge against two kinds of danger the one for fear of the multitude of the jews lest they should depose him and restore their former kings to the government the other danger was greater and more terrible which arose from cleopatra queen of egypt who did not conceal her intentions but spoke often to antony and desired him to cut off herod and entreated him to bestow the kingdom of judea upon her and certainly it is a great wonder that antony did never comply with her commands in this point as he was so miserably enslaved to his passion for her nor should any one have been surprised if she had been gratified in such her request so the fear of these dangers made herod rebuild masada and thereby leave it for the finishing stroke of the romans in this jewish war since therefore the roman commander silva had now built a wall on the outside round about this whole place as we have said already and had thereby made a most accurate provision to prevent any one of the besieged running away, he undertook the siege itself, though he found but one single place that would admit of the banks he was to raise, for behind that tower which secured the road that led to the palace, and to the top of the hill from the west, there was a certain eminency of the rock, very broad and very prominent, but three hundred cubits beneath the highest part of Masada it was called the white promontory accordingly he got upon that part of the rock and ordered the army to bring earth and when they fell to that work with alacrity and abundance of them together the bank was raised and became solid for two hundred cubits in height yet was not this bank thought sufficiently high for the use of the engines that were to be set upon it but still another elevated work of great stones compacted together was raised upon that bank. This was fifty cubits, both in breadth and height. The other machines that were now got ready were like to those that had been first devised by Vespasian, and afterwards by Titus, for sieges. There was also a tower made of the height of sixty cubits, and all over plated with iron— out of which the romans threw darts and stones from the engines and soon made those that fought from the walls of the place to retire and would not let them lift up their heads above the works at the same time silva ordered that great battering ram which he had made to be brought thither and to be set against the wall and to make frequent batteries against it which with some difficulty broke down a part of the wall and quite overthrew it However, the Sicarii made haste, and presently built another wall within that, which should not be liable to the same misfortune from the machines with the other, it was made soft and yielding, and so was capable of avoiding the terrible blows that affected the other. It was framed after the following manner. They laid together great beams of wood lengthways, one close to the end of another, and the same way in which they were cut— there were two of these rows parallel to one another and laid at such a distance from each other as the breadth of the wall required and earth was put into the space between those rows now that the earth might not fall away upon the elevation of this bank to a greater height they further laid other beams over-crossed them and thereby bound those beams together that lay lengthways This work of theirs was like a real edifice, and when the machines were applied, the blows were weakened by its yielding, and as the materials by such concussion were shaken closer together, the pile by that means became firmer than before. When Silva saw this, he thought it best to endeavour the taking of this wall by setting fire to it, so he gave orders that the soldiers should throw a great number of burning torches upon it accordingly as it was chiefly made of wood it soon took fire and when it was once set on fire its hollowness made that fire spread to a mighty flame now at the very beginning of this fire a north wind that then blew proved terrible to the romans for by bringing the flame downward it drove it upon them and they were almost in despair of success as fearing their machines would be burnt but after this on a sudden the wind changed into the south as if it were done by divine providence and blew strongly the contrary way and carried the flame and drove it against the wall which was now on fire through its entire thickness so the romans having now assistance from god returned to their camp with joy and resolved to attack their enemies the very next day on which occasion they set their watch more carefully that night, lest any of the Jews should run away from them without being discovered. End of Book 7, Chapter 8, Part 1